Shall we pray? Lord, we pray, Father, that you grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, and may our heart be receptive to your word. We thank you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. My eldest daughter loves to take pictures of the clouds. You know, what continues to captivate her was the different shape and patterns that were formed randomly by the cloud. The fluid nature of the cloud allows the creative mind to orchestrate pictorial significance in the eye of the beholder. Sometimes you will see a rabbit. On other occasions, well, a dog or even a pooh bear. Okay, this is, you know, it's manipulated digitally, okay? <laughs> and on rare incidents, a castle on the cloud. Okay, all manipulated digitally, all right? This, this two, not the first two, though. See, a castle on a cloud was a favorite imagery by many. See, it casts an element of beauty, an element of hope, and a picture of majestic authority. So why did God use a pillar of cloud to guide the Israelites? Perhaps it was both, a pra uh, both practical reasons as well as natural reasons. See, cloud forms shade and maybe a source of water as a fire inside heats up the air surrounding it, creating a constant supply of vapour to form the cloud. Or perhaps it's aesthetically soft and natural image in the day is kinder to the eyes of the Israelites. And in the darkness... It provides them assertive protection with a fiery image. The demonstration that God has authority over the cloud is an affirmation of His position as God who can control nature because He's simply the creator of the world. Hence, my first point is this. But by realizing that God can control the cloud, the cloud inspires the Israelites' confidence in Him. Despite their evident feelings, He has promised to go with them. And here was a reliable sign of His reliable presence. Wow. In Reverend, jo Reverend Joseph Benson termed the cloud as a badge of God's protection and so became the bond of their allegiance. Now, we are aware the cloud was in front and above the tabernacle. However, did the cloud ever move to the back of the Israelites? Yes, it did. In Exodus chapter 14. And it says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the, one, to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. To protect the Israelites, the cloud moved to the back to form a barrier between the advancing Egyptian army and them. The cloud serves as an inspiration for the Israelites to have confidence in God. Though we, there were times that when their hearts were willfully and careless, carelessly turned away from him, but he did not remove the cloud. There is this, that is how it continued to be. He had promised in his first agreement that they could count on his unfailing companionship throughout their days. Which brings me to the next point. Day and night, 
it was a continuing assurance to the travellers and a serious warning, in fact, to all the enemies that God was with them. The continued presence of the cloud also provided an assurance that the Israelites, that God is Himself present. And that assurance can be seen as the fire burning inside the cloud at all times, day and night, except that during the day, you know, it was not so visible. Whereas at night, it could be seen in contrast to the enveloping darkness. Verse 16 affirms it and says that that is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like fire. The fire in the cloud was always there. However, it was not clearly visible in the day. Likewise, the pillar of cloud was also always present. However, it was not clearly visible in the night. Hence, at night, it looked like fire. And this can be further confirmed in the passage in Exodus. It says that by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left that its place in front of the people. Neither the pillar of cloud nor the pillar of fire left its place. Both were constantly there. Both cloud and fire were constantly present. It is not one or the other. God is constant, is consistent. And He was consistent, consistently there. And the presence of the, both the pillar and the cloud in both day and night represented His consistency. There was no absence of either the cloud or the fire. The cloud provided continued assurance and its presence provided continued hope. The Israelites had suffered tremendously under the Egyptians and now under the comfort and covering of the cloud, they are on their way to a promised land. As they travelled through the desert, perhaps they could, they could only imagine you know, uh, for a future safe and secure place from the castle, you know, picture from the castle in the, in, the, in the clouds that's leading them. As they continue to hope for a destination of a land flowing with milk and honey, well, you must, ask one, you must probably be asking one thing, and you know, we, also, we all know this, okay, that following God doesn't mean no more struggles. Huh? There will be struggles, and having a castle on the cloud helps them to strike on. Young Cosette sang this song, Castle on a Cloud in, in Les Miserables. You know, Cosette's castle on a cloud is her way of coping with a terrible living condition. She imagines her perfect world that she, ha she can have, and perhaps the Israelites were also hoping that the promised land will be the castle on a cloud. And this Castle of Cloud um, is a beautiful song. Just. There is a castle on a cloud. I like to go there in my sleep. On any floors for me to sweep. Not in my castle on a cloud. There is a room there full of toys. 
There is a hundred boys and girls Nobody shouts or talks too loud Not in my castle on a cloud There is a lady all in white Holds me and sings a lullaby She's nice to see, she's soft to touch She sings Cosette, I love you very much I know a place where no one's lost I know a place where no one cries Crying at all is not allowed Not in my castle on a cloud oh, This was this was Cosette's coping mechanism. <laughs> Thank you. This was Cosette's coping mechanism. You know, her way of coping with a current pain, with a hope, a hope for a castle on a cloud. You know, some, some of you may ask, you know, since we have to struggle anyway, with or without God, why then do we need God? You see, God is faithful to His Word. And when we have God, God is there inside with us in our struggles. You know, He helps us along. He continues to assure us through His Word. And therefore, His Word will be a continued assurance for both the Israelites and us. And this leads us to our, th to our third point, that God confirms His Word through the pillar of clouds to help the Israelites cope with their struggles. You know, at different times in their history, God lovingly provided His people with visible signs to confirm His word. You know, a rainbow in the sky, a flaming bush in the desert of Medium, a gold-covered box for them to carry through the wilderness. And this overshadowing cloud, which John Calvin called symbols of heavenly glory. You know, God may reveal to us symbols of His heavenly glory to sustain us and to give us hope. It may be through His Word that we find this hope. You know, um, many years ago, a Christian leader prayed for me and said this to me, He will complete what God has begun in you. This prayer was probably taken from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, which says, Being confident in this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. During my recently, during my second pastor's fellowship in October this year. You know, we had to break off into what you call PIG or pastors in groups to share why do we want to be a pastor. So when it was my turn, I shared about this verse um, and, and about this Christian leader that shared about this verse to me. And I was the last person to share before we turned our focus back to the front again. President Gordon would sometimes sing a song after an interval as a transition, and he sang, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it by Steve Green. Immediately, Pastor Kaiming, who was seated beside me, nudged me with his elbow. He said, Hey, your song. And on the 15th of October, it was my turn to preach, and Pastor Liam Kai was the worship leader. And during that segment for intercession, he prayed for me that God will complete uh, what he has begun. In him, wow. Pastor Anthony, who was seated beside me, immediately, immediately turned to me and asked me, did you tell Pastor Lee regarding this verse? I said, 
Nope, I didn't. You see, God sometimes uses others in our community to confirm His word. Therefore, we, we, when, we, when we do share a word of knowledge to another person, it could be confirming God's word. Hence, we should share boldly, but wisely. Because these words that we are sharing are words of hope that could be a symbol of heavenly glory, like the clouds oversharing the Israelites. The cloud not only protected the Israelites from the sun, it protected them from coming under attack by the Egyptians. God had confirmed His word that He will bring the Israelites up out of Egypt. Although they have yet to reach their promised land at this point in the book of Numbers, the cloud serves as assurance that God will fulfill His promise. God will confirm His word through the fulfillment of the events. However, the Israelites would need to stay vigilant. They would need to be constantly attentive. My fourth point is that the Israelites have a part to play too. They are required to give constant attentiveness. Verse 17 states, Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. The Israelites have to be prepared and remain watchful. The cloud also tested their dependence on God. See, God knew the right days and for them to move and also the, right, the best time for them to stay put. The cloud did not move every day. Uh, its presence demanding, demands their constant attention. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. By this objective revelation, the Israelites people discerns the Lord's direction for their journey. It requires a good deal of trust. Sometimes they were, per they were permitted only a single night's rest, whereas at other times they could stay at a appointed campsite for a few days, a month, or even a year. Well, there were days where they could see that they were making some form of progress. But at other occasions and other times, they have been puzzled because nothing was happening. Why this tiresome delay? For most of us, at some time or another, life has been bewildered, awaiting time. It has been a bewildering, awaiting time. You know, you, you, this waiting time is, is, is so long. The evidence of God's continuing care appears limited, sometimes even absent. The Puritans spoke about the soul winter's time. When everything appears cold, bleak and barren, we wish God would speak to us more clearly about why we are going through such dark days when it's hard to hold on. But waiting time is not wasted time. Let me repeat this. Waiting time is not wasted time. When the guidance that we look is just not there, we must calmly renew our confidence in God. You know, we find it hardest to be constantly attentive while waiting. The disciples of Jesus, too, had, they had a very hard time, in fact, a very difficult time to remain awake, remain constantly attentive while Jesus went off to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, the person that remains constantly attentive in my family when it comes to the right time to move to a new house huh, is my wife, Bridget. She's the person who knows when it's time to move. 
maybe because uh, I hate moving house. Uh, okay, I really don't like moving house. <laughs> so we've been married for 20 years, um, and every 10 years, it seems that we are moving house. <laughs> we've enjoyed staying in our current flat for exactly 10 years. And in this home, my second daughter, Michaela, was born. However, the, the flat is aging, and it will soon depreciate. Hence, my family came together to pray as we have done so every night. We felt that it is time to move. Previously, God had, uh, had performed miracles, in fact, in the procurement of my first two flats. This time was no difference. He blessed my family again. Now, God was faithful to His word. He was, const- he was constant in His promise to my family. And He had been to the Israelites. But we need to be constantly attentive to His directions. You know, the process of moving is tough. You know, there are many uncertainties. We struggled when we were waiting for a buyer. Every hour, every minute, every second, you know, it's anxiety sometimes. Huh? But God was true to His word. The very day the house was opened for OTP, or what I call um, option to purchase, it was sold. Hence, it was sold in one day. After we had sold the house, we waited for two more months before we purchased our dream home or our castle on the cloud. And during the two months, the deafening silence was so terrifying, you know, loud and disturbing. We had viewed over 30 units and were, you know, we were getting very frustrated and very tired. Some prices were, some of them, the prices were too high, some were too small, and some were too far, and some were all the above. Negative thoughts begin to cloud my mind. I begin to doubt about the decision to move. Kind of like like the Israelites, Egypt seems so much better. Hence, placing myself in the shoes of the Israelites, staying put for a year without hearing from God can be very terrifying, can be very scary. Well, in everything, God wants us to do one thing. Whether moving or staying put, whether in action or in silence, we are to do one thing. We are to be constantly attentive in following God's direction. Like how the Israelites had to follow the cloud. All we need to do is to remain constantly attentive in following and obeying God's commands and directions. Isn't that such a joy? And it takes away all the pain of being anxious and nervous you know, about the uncertainties. However, Human nature considers positive result as a form of progression and waiting time or silent period as a form of regression or unproductivity. God, however, may view such periods as a time to build our trust in Him. He may be using such periods of silence to teach us how to lean on Him for hope and not on our and not our, on our own logical human wisdom. Not to keep you in suspense, well, we acquired the new home in exactly two months from the sale of my flat, amazingly. Come to think of it, all we needed to do was to listen to His command and be obedient. For His timing is perfect and His plans are perfect. You know, dwelling in anxiety did not help in any way. And all we needed to do was to obey his commands. And my, fa- my fifth point, command and obedience is taken from David L. Stutz. The guidance of God is characterized in terms of command and obedience. 
Next slide, please. There is a sevenfold repetition of the phrase at the command of the Lord. Seven times, okay, it was repeated. Okay, at the command of the Lord. Great details is given to all the possible circumstances of Israel's camping and setting out. In all these circumstances, Israel obeyed God. This repetition and detail paints a clear picture of the right relationship between God and Israel. God commands and Israel listens and obeys, whatever the circumstances. Well, Israel does obey at first, in the beginning. But it is precisely Israel's disobedience and rebellion later against the commands of God that provides the dramatic engine and pathos for the middle part of the book of Numbers. Now, all that the Israelites need to do is follow God when they are to, when they are to move and where they are to stay put. They do not even need to consider the many different aspects like where is there a water well big enough to quench the thirst of the entire nation? A place where pasture land huge enough for the shepherds to feed their herds. There were so many other considerations, but God helped to make all these decisions. And all the Israelites need to do is to follow the cloud. Well, no. Some must complain and demanded their, pres their preference. It is also difficult to see God when, no, when we had to set up ten, pack up ten in a matter of 12 hours when the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. So why did God put them through all this to set up and take down in a matter of hours? They must have been disgruntled. This is like a large-scale changing parade. You know, during my BMT, I had to do many changing parades uh, on the very first day, meaning that we had to change into our different attires at the command of the officer. So on my first day, we participated in so many changing parades uh, that are from 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. that I lost count after the first three times. There were universal dissent in the looks of all our faces, especially after observing other platoons relaxing and playing guitar you know, in their bunk. And we were running up and down, non-stop. So why was my platoon selected to go through such, such a uh, strenuous regime? Well, you see, the previous year, guards, which was where I was, managed to defeat Commando that year for best combat unit. You know, if Pastor Stanley was here, I'd say, hey, we want to. Actually, he is here. <laughs> He's sitting behind Pastor Stanley. <laughs> so, because that we were the recipient of the endeavour of our officers to be best combat unit again, therefore, they put us under demanding exercises to teach us the basic need for command and obedience. Our OC wanted full obedience from us. Well, perhaps God, sorry, perhaps God placed the Israelites under strenuous regime to get them to do that one thing, to follow God and to obey His commands, to accomplish this simple process of command and obey. We must first change our perspective. We cannot change God, but we can change our perspectives and our attitudes. Well, my wife Bridget was correcting my girls over an issue of discontentment. She gave them this advice. In life, you can't change others, but you can change, we can change ourselves. 
I'm sure you have heard that many times. However, she went on to say, how you react determines your outlook in life. We can choose to react with a positive attitude or to react with an endless downward spiral of negativity and self-pity. We can react positively to God's command by obeying or we can choose the other which, is to lead, which, which will lead us to a downward spiral of negativity and self-pity. When we say that we have hope in God, it means that we are willing to follow God's directions. Therefore, to have hope in God is to follow God's command. God's command may not be preferred in the beginning. Eh? However, if there is one person that we can trust to fulfill His word, and that person is God, there's nothing that we will lose in listening to His commands and obeying it. And He further assures us through Christ Jesus, who fulfilled the ultimate promise by making the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Christ and the cloud is my sixth point. You know, the New Testament also uses cloud imagery to describe the presence of God. You know, our Lord Jesus was overshadowed by the cloud at His transfiguration and disappeared into a cloud at His ascension. He indeed was the perfect tabernacle in which the Word dwelt among us. Paul and Peter both compared the body to a tent, you know, a temporary dwelling to be replaced after death. Like the tabernacle, the Christian's body is no empty tent, but a temple for the Holy Spirit. Filled by the Spirit, he may follow in his Lord's footsteps and resist the temptation of Satan, even in the wilderness. Let the, let the fiery, cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. By Gordon Wenham. Similar to the Old Testament, another group of people had to make a very long journey guided by the heavenly symbols. You know, during the birth of Christ, the star mentioned in Matthew 2.9 is not just, may not be just a star. It is most probably a strewn of light over the sky that resembles a pillar of fire. It has to be very conspicuous to lead the Magi to Jesus. You know, some even suggested that this could be a repeated occurrence of the pillar of fire by night and maybe, just maybe, a pillar of cloud by day. You know, you see, stars do not appear in the day. So how would the Magi led to Jesus in the daytime? A pillar of cloud? Possibly. Were the pillar of fire and cloud also present during, this, during the advent of Jesus? You know, the coming of Jesus also introduced another promise. The coming of Jesus gives us a new hope, a hope of joining God in the castle on the cloud. My final point is perhaps our promised land may appear as castle on a cloud. As stated in Revelations, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Wow. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Perhaps when Jesus comes again, He will come as a castle 
on the cloud. On that day, it will no longer be just a dream or hope. It will be a reality. Matthew 25 states that, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of, of the world. I believe this passage in the book of Numbers regarding the cloud above the tabernacle emphasizes on hope. And to grant us hope, God is building our confidence in God or in Him. The presence of the cloud is a continual assurance that God is present. The cloud confirms His word that God is faithful and will fulfill His promise. However, it requires us to be constantly attentive to God's directives. We need to follow His command and obey. The cloud was also a significant element in Jesus' transfiguration, ascension, and perhaps, and perhaps just maybe in His birth. Our castle on the cloud may well be a reality when the holy city comes down out of heaven. All the, all, the above, all the above points towards hope. We have hope in Jesus. And Jesus is the reason why we are here. To have hope in Jesus is to continue believing in Him and to obey Him. Next time when you look out of the window from your house or from your car, remember the significance of the cloud and what it meant for the Israelites and what it will mean for you. I will end with a poem written by Rachel Marie Bentham titled, Every Cloud. Every cloud has a silver lining. I know this to be true. Every time you see a sunbeam, they are shining back at you. When you see a rainbow, its beauty bright and full. Remember that a rainbow could never be here at all. If it weren't for the rainy days, our world would never see. The splendor of a rainbow God produced for you and me. Since every cloud has a silver lining, every ray of sun is gold. A piece of heaven here on earth for us to keep and hold. Storms may come our way now, days of dreary rain. We cannot know the reason behind them. It's something God can explain. When the path on which we tread is covered in blackest murray, it's then the Saviour holds us and He will never tire. We may fall and stumble when the road is dark as night, but to God, this is no trouble. He is our very sight. We cannot see in darkness as blind as helpless mice. We trip upon the stony path. Troubles hold us in a vice. Don't worry when a cloud overtakes the sky. Behind every cloud is a sunbeam on the slide. Every cloud has a silver lining. Don't you know it's true? And the glory of the rainbow is God smiling back at you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your heavenly symbols. We thank you for the assurance and hope that you have left for us. Our castle on a cloud is perhaps best described in Jesus Christ. In fact, the greatest hope you have given to us is through the birth of Jesus Christ.
And in this Advent, may we remember that Christ has come and will come again. The hope in our Lord Jesus is perhaps our castle on a cloud. And we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.